everyone and welcome to the Bavarian Podcast Works preview show. Today we will be previewing a very special game, which is Barcelona versus Bayern Munich at the Camp Nou. As you might know, this is our first game of the Champions League this year. And I'm joined by Samrin, you know, a La Liga novice, to help me preview this game. So Samrin, tell me, in your infinite wisdom, what do you actually know about Barcelona this year? I think I know more about what's going on off the pitch about Barcelona than on the pitch. I know that they basically have no money, but they're still trying to sign new players. I know that things, I mean, everyone knows that Lionel Messi has left. I know the Memphis Depay transfer is somewhat working out. And in the weirdest of scenarios, even Antoine Griezmann is off. And oh my goodness me, dumpster fire is what describes Barcelona. Yeah, that's pretty much the gist of it. If you just want to talk about them, uh, you know, off the pitch, on the pitch, you have to understand that their fans cannot stand the sight of their manager. Their manager, Ronald Koeman, thinks he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. He says that he's saving Barcelona and he keeps on getting into public fights with Laporta, who is the president, which is obviously not a good idea if you want to keep your job. But who knows? Koeman is just built different, I guess. So that's about it. And I have to actually ask the fans over at Barca Blaugrans because I haven't been able to follow them much this year. What the hell are they going to do against Bayern Munich this season? So I'll just tell you, I'll just give you a rundown since you're not exactly worse in what they're doing right now what they might be you know trying to do against us and it's kind of weird because i got multiple answers it looks mm-hmm. like common has no idea like he has no idea how he's really gonna set up the team like he's not given much of an indication but according to the people over at Barca Blaugrand who watch them regularly he is probably going to either go with a 3-5-2 or a 4-2-3-1 most likely a 3-5-2 with Memphis Depay and probably Luke De Jong up top. And mm-hmm. either Jordi Alba and Serginio Dest. I think Dest is actually injured. So Jordi Alba and Oscar Mingueza are fullbacks, okay? So mm-hmm. that's probably the plan that they're going to do. And I can obviously see quite a few flaws with that three-five-two plan. But since you, and technically me, are fine experts why don't you point out what's going to be going wrong with 352 if Barcelona decide to play it you know I think I understand Coleman's reasoning behind going for a 352 like because while I'm I I hate three at the back I just I hate it it doesn't work same here it's terrible why but either way the five in the midfield I can understand why he would do that because he's trying to counter Bayern's really, really good midfield. He's trying to counter Kimmich and Goretzka there, and he's trying to counter the fast play from the wings by using fast wingbacks. Now, I don't know much about uh, Mendeza, I think you said was the other Mingueza. Mingueza. But um, I do know a fair amount about Jordi Alba, and I don't know if he can keep up with the pace from Bayern's wings. So... That's where it's questionable. I would rather play standard four at the back and take care of the Lewandowski threat because at the end of the day, most of Bayern's goals do come from Lewandowski. So if you manage to cut out the Lewandowski threat, you manage to cut out like a probability of like 75%, every chance, like there's a 75% chance that Lewandowski will be Bayern's goal scorer. I think if you like look at the stats, he scored the overwhelming majority of Bayern's goals last season. Yep. So I would worry less about the wings and more about him because Sané, we know for all his talents, can't finish right now. He scored a goal 
from Jamal Musiala the other day, but that was just laid on a plate for him, more or less. And then the other issue we have is if Gnabry or if Gnabry's not fit enough, then he's probably not going to be able to run at full speed against the Barca. Uh, yeah, I back. think Brazo confirmed that Gnabry is not going to be able to play. Uh, the only concern I would have then is Musiala, who is a sort of, I don't even know if Barca knows much about Musiala or care to know much about the Musiala threat because he's sort of under the radar. We Bayern fans know the Musiala secret. I don't think everybody else knows. So if I was Coleman, I would worry most about Lewandowski and I would go with four at the back. Three at the back just does not sound like a very good idea, especially if they're narrow, especially if they go with PK, uh, it could be a rough night. Yeah. Uh, so as far as I know, they have PK confirmed and Araujo confirmed. I don't know who's going to be their third center back. If it's Clément mm-hmm. Longley, then, you know, it, it's over for them. But if it's not, <laughs> if it's someone, if it's someone who's actually, you know, a good, good defender, then we might, we might struggle a little. But the problem with the three at the back, I think that, is that it leaves just single wing back to deal yeah. with Bynes winger and fullback combos. I guess Jordi Alba will be more or less okay because he'll be dealing with uh, Stanisic or Pavard. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 manageable. <laughs> but whoever plays on the right, because I think Serginio Dest being injured means that since it means that Mingueza, who is basically a center back by trade, if he plays on the right, he'll be having to deal with Davies. And that's that's just, uh, um, you know, we know what Davies did last time when we faced Barca. So, <laughs> and that was and that was with him having to hold back most of the time because he had Messi playing down his flank. That, mm-hmm. There's no Messi threat anymore. So, you know, but that being said, um, I know that it's not exactly ideal for Barca, but it's not ideal for Bayern at the moment either because they're mm-hmm. going to have Memphis Depay up top and Depay, unlike Messi and Suarez from the 8-2, Depay has a lot of pace and he can just, you know, he has good playing off the back of the cent- central defenders. He can go in the middle between mm-hmm. Hernandez and Upamecano or Sula. And that that's one of my chief concerns about this game. The other chief mm-hmm. concern, obviously, being Luke Dijon, you know, just jumping mm-hmm. and getting a yeah. bullet header, you know. That's just, that's just, that's just, we just have to deal with that, I guess. But one of the things that they also mentioned is that the possibility of a 4-2-3-1. Now, the thing is that Dembele is injured, and I think that's a very good thing for Bayern this time because Dembele could really hurt us. Um, like, he's always played well against Bayern when he was in the Bundesliga. I know that was a long time ago now. That's mm-hmm. just, it feels like another era almost. But Dembele, he could be, like, he could have been the another counter-attacking outlet alongside, um, you know, Memphis, and that would have been something that Barca could have exploited at our for our backline. But without him, I think that they're gonna try and play uh, Pedri and maybe even Coutinho on the wings if they go for a four-two-three-one. That would be a little a little bit weird, but like it might work better than a three-five-two in my opinion. You know, um, I definitely agree with you. I think. What you mentioned about doubling up on Davies is really, really important. And I would still go with the 4-2-3-1, even if it's an ill-fitting 4-2-3-1, if anything. But um, on Depay, I think, I don't remember if Bayern, well, tactics weren't really that much of the big picture in the crazy 8-2, but go back all the way to 2012-13, to 
what Bayern sort of did with Messi was they cut off the supply to him. That yeah, was, that was the thing had. we did because they yeah. had uh that that's that's back when they still had Xavi and Iniesta and mm-hmm. uh, I watched that game and it was like they just there was just a wall there was like a area of no go around Messi like mm-hmm. Javi Martinez just shut Messi down that time exactly. like he didn't shut him yeah and he did it in such a clever way we don't have a Javi Martinez anymore though that's true we now have two very ball playing defensive midfielders we don't have like old school ones that can shut things down but if Bayern keeps their passing clean I still see a world where they can actually just cut off the supply to Memphis Depay neither Goretzka nor Kimmich are nearly as tough as Javi Martinez. They're not, I would say they're not even as tough as Schweinsteiger. They're much more silky type of players. Yes, they are tough, but not that standard of toughness. So that, there's to only- be fair, that standard of toughness is a very high standard. Okay. So that's, that, is that's, 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 that is really, yeah. that's, we are talking about the 99th percentile of footballer. <laughs> that's true. And I'll throw Van Bommel in there too. But Van Bommel had a tour. Oh yeah. Him again. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think if it's if the main threat is Depay, there is a world where Bayern just cuts off passes to Depay. And Nagelsmann is clever like that. Hansi Flick wouldn't really adjust for anybody. Yeah, but that's true. Nagelsmann, yeah, Nagelsmann yeah. might be more willing to make... Yeah, because you think about... Yeah, uh, I'm just reminded of that game against Dortmund. Remember the Super Cup? How we yeah. just kind of just crowded Haaland out. We had to make him... We had to force him into physical duels with Niklas Sula. And that was one yeah. of Nagelsmann's kind of, um, like, I think that was his best game so far in terms of tactics because it was just such a joy to watch Haaland forced to either go pace for pace with Davies or physicality with Niklas Sula. And yeah. that that was really interesting how Nagelsmann forced a player and, like, an opposition player to, like, just, you know, dance to his tune rather than do whatever he wants and someone as imposing as Haaland, which Hansi never did. Hansi just wants to impose his style of the game. And that there's yeah. obviously a certain amount of romanticism attached to what Hansi did. And I like mm-hmm. what Hansi did. Hansi, his his football is some of the best Bayern I've ever seen. But uh, I guess that Nagelsmann has a different approach and it'll be interesting to see what he chooses to do against Barca because it's not like Bayern are perfectly healthy either. We're... You know, I think where we need to be healthy, we're healthy. I think um, with Kimmich and Goretzka, that's the two slots we definitely need to be healthy. Then we need Luca Hernandez to be fit, which is a big plus for us. We need one of Upamecano or Zule. Both are good to go. We need Lewandowski and Muller to be good to go. That's it. The wings, interchangeable. Sané, Gnabry, Musiala, throw any two in there, we can make it work. Yeah, And true. actually throw two out of four because Coman mm-hmm. is back now and here as well. So... We can make it work. So where we need to be fit, we're good to go. And with with Barcelona, it's going to be tricky because you really don't know what to expect from them. But I don't think Nagelsmann, regardless, is going to make wholesale changes because all his changes so far have been minor tweaks, barely noticeable tweaks. So, but they're they have been there and they have been impactful. Like um, even against. Leipzig, the line wasn't as high as Flick used to do it. The line yeah, actually it was lower. almost it was almost defensive against Leipzig because we only had forty five percent possession. Yeah, yeah, and that that caught me off guard too. And the pressing, I think someone mentioned this in the comment section. The pressing was different. It wasn't incessant. It was almost controlled pressing. Yeah, true. If, that was it. Was it was more like a medium press rather than a high press. Yeah, 
Yeah. So he's making, I think he actually made those, made those adjustments more so because he knows the games that Byron have, that they're coming thick and fast. And playing, yeah. playing a high line and an incessant press takes a lot out of you. So that was more game management and player management to me than it was, oh, I'm making changes because that's how I want Byron to play for the rest of the season. I think if push came to shove, he would probably revert. Hmm, true, because, you know, with Hansi, you have the template for best possible football Bayern can play. But for the best oh, yeah. possible football, this what to play. You need them to be all healthy and fit and completely well-rested. And that's just not going to happen with the schedule. So I guess yeah. Nagelsmann making compromises is a good thing from his perspective and from our mm-hmm. perspective as well as fans. But there was one problem against Leipzig that was highlighted mm-hmm. by everyone. And that was the fact that the midfield isn't looking too hot right now. And as far as I can tell, Barca fans are pretty much in agreement that Coman will try to, you know, overload the midfield, try and make Busquets and Dijon, you know, try and get those guys and Pedri as well. I can't Mm -hmm. forget Pedri. He's going to make those guys, you know, control the midfield as best he can and try and mm-hmm. crowd Bayern out. And I know that we more or less play through the wings, but our midfield yeah. is pretty important too. And given yeah. the downturn in form, don't you think that's going to be a big problem for us? You know, to date, I think we've survived it. I think we looked at our most vulnerable when Sabitzer came on. And this is not on Sabitzer. This is more an adjustment issue with Goreska going off. But I think what can happen in a scenario like that is Muller can actually shift around to help out. Muller didn't, one thing against the Leipzig game about the Leipzig game was that Muller didn't have the greatest of days. And while we mm. think of these things as funny ideas, such as Muller as a six or Muller as an eight, he kind of did try out those roles under Flick. So if things get really hard, Muller can always go a little bit deeper. If things get really hard, one of the backline, Upamecano or Hernandez, were fairly, well, not so much, probably Upamecano, but less so than someone like Jerome Boateng can sort of join in. If we play Stanisic, he can also come into midfield to help out time to time like Kimmich used to do when he was right back. I know that feels like ages ago, yeah. but still. So there are some things that can be done to help out Kimmich and Goretzka if, if trouble ensues. But I really think it's, it's overdone. I don't think things are that bad. And I think it's just, it may be tactical because they were fine for the national side. It, it, I don't think it's completely fatigue with Goretzka at least because Goretzka gets enough rest. Kimmich does not. Kimmich does not get any rest from anybody. Hmm. But I think it'll, it'll be fine. I really do. I yeah, don't and think- one thing we should also point out that Barcelona won't press like RB Leipzig. And that was one of the mm-hmm. things really, really problematic for us is that RB Leipzig are one of the best pressing teams in the league and probably in Europe. So not, yeah. not pressing as hard that could be um, a huge advantage for us. We could be able to play more expansively. But just one thing I need to ask you, Samran, since we Mm -hmm. are pretty much coming on the end of our recording time for today, Mm -hmm. who do you see as Barcelona's danger man now that Messi is gone? Is it Memphis? Is it Frankie de Jong? Um, Is it PK? Is it Des? Or is it someone that I've completely missed? You know, um, they just signed Luke de Jong recently. And oh my God, don't say that you're going to be Luke de Jong is the most I, dangerous player at Barcelona to, Football Club. I'm going to say that. No, in, you can't say that. Let, Everyone let is going to you know, everyone's going to stop, stop listening to the podcast. We won't let get me them. Tell you they why. won't listen to the ad at the end and then we won't get any oh money. Oh my God. 
Oh my God. Okay, let me explain my reasoning to you. This is not so much about Barcelona, but more about Bayern from a Bayern perspective. He's a okay. tall, physical striker. Upamecano does not like tall, physical strikers. Yeah, they did a good job with Haaland tactically. Mm. But Upamecano got, oh my God, he got rolled over by Haaland multiple times last season. And, and, and he also got rolled over by Turam. So. Exactly, in the first game. So, And Luke de Jong is sneaky in that you don't hear much about the guy, but every single time that I've watched Sevilla, this guy has been a threat. Like, oh. I'm not even surprised that Barcelona signed him. So from yeah, that he, perspective... Did he score against us last year? We faced Sevilla in the UEFA Super Cup. Uh, you know what? I'm trying to remember, but I do, I do yeah, think... I've just, I've, just rem- I've just erased all the memories from that game because of Anthony Taylor, who was... Oh, oh yeah, that reminds me. Michael Oliver is going gonna, is gonna to oh. be the referee. Oh, my God. What a, what a terrible decision by UEFA. Why do they keep doing this to us? Honestly, I think... Um, we, we are just rambling at the moment. I think we need to stop it here. So everyone, <laughs> everyone just remember that Samrin's opinions on Yiluk de Jong do not re- okay. reflect the okay, okay, overarching okay. opinions of Bavarian Podcast Works as a whole. And we actually are not as polluted in our minds as dear Samrin <laughs> is. And Okay, but if I had to really choose a player overall, if I didn't have Bayern in mind, I would very easily go for Memphis Depay. I've yeah, that's, okay, that's long. that's a sane answer, you know. That that's just yeah. what I wanted, you know. I know, but Upamecano, the young scares me a little bit when it comes to Upamecano. So we'll be honest with you, that. since the Pep days, I've just been traumatized by anyone that's fast and can score goals. So, uh, <laughs> Mbappe, Memphis, uh, just say anyone, whoever it is, if it's fast and they can score a goal, doesn't matter if they're playing in the Spanish ace division or something, it they'll they'll be fine against yeah, Bayern. yeah, so. Okay, so just to recap our very disjointed podcast today, Barcelona might play either a 4-2-3-1 or a 3-5-2. Memphis Defy will definitely play up top. And um, you have Bayern Munich possibly coming into the game with a general 4-2-3-1. And we expect our wingbacks and our wingers to be our biggest advantage alongside Robert Lewandowski. With that being said, Barcelona have a decent chance given our fatigue and all the issues relating to travel and rest and all that jazz. And it's just going to be an interesting game. We'll need to see how Nagelsmann deals with everything. So that was our preview for this week. As always, leave your feedback. Remember to check out our blog. We have a fantastic community over there. Check out our flagship podcast. I think it just came out before or maybe it's going to come out after this. And just remember to follow Bavarian Football Works for as much as you need, you know? So that's pretty much all I have to say today. From me and Samrin, it is good night. Thank you. Thank you.